0: This is Wealth Radio on News Radio, KLBJ, with author and wealth manager Chris Herline of Reef Financial. That's money. Retirement, Estate, Asset Protection. Money, 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 money! Chris is here to help answer your questions about living the life you want in retirement. Reach out now at 512 249 7300. 512 249 7300. Or Chris at WealthRadio.com. That's Chris at WealthRadio.com. Now, here's Chris Herline.
1: Money, 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 money.
2: With you every single week in the 1 p.m. news hour. I encourage you to go to WealthRadio.com. Stay on top of our latest in greatest reports and stay on top of past week's shows to stay on top of things there as always in studio with me we got jen perry jen welcome
3: It's been hard to stay up with the latest, though, lately on the tax talk in Washington, Chris. We were talking about that uh, before we hit the air today. I mean, there's been so much movement just in the last couple of weeks. So coming up in just a couple of minutes here, we're going to talk about the so-called billionaire's tax that was actually taken off the table for now on Capitol Hill, but why some billionaires say you and I should also be concerned about these types of proposals. And then why even the smartest investors sometimes fail to outperform the market and... Is it time to maybe adjust your expectations, too? And the cost of your Thanksgiving meal might cause a little indigestion this season. We'll give you the numbers on that, too. Plus, a question from one of our listeners about retiring early. Can't wait to get to that because a lot of people are seeking out that opportunity. But remember, if you do have a question for Chris during today's show, a couple of easy ways to reach us. You can always drop us an email, chris at wealthradio.com. That goes right to his inbox. Or reach our team off the air today if you want to set up a time for that complete retirement and Tax Analysis at REAP Financial. 512-249-7300 is the number to do just that. 512-249-7300. But let's dive right in this week here, Chris. Politicians in Washington, they've been floating a number of different ideas to help fund their latest spending packages. But for now, they have decided against that so-called billionaire's tax. Self-made billionaire Jeff Green tells Fox Business. I'm
1: in favor of tax, but I want a tax that works, that doesn't destroy entrepreneurship and people creating businesses and cause people to leave the country. And something that you're never going to be able to enforce because so much income is just impossible to track.
3: And just in the last couple of weeks, too, Chris, the world's richest person, Tesla's Elon Musk, warned against the tax, too, saying eventually they run out of other people's money, then they come for you. So I know some of our listeners, too, even if they're not among the uber-billionaires out there, they feel like they're a tax target, too, in some of these latest proposals, don't they?
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's been a lot of talk of the overreach that has been discussed and proposed. That's had a lot of people concerned. You don't have to be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could be upper, middle class, lower middle class, whatever, wherever you find yourself. The thing that we have been saying for weeks and months is, you know, these are proposals. And when it came to the billionaire's tax proposal, that lasted for about uh, seven hours or so. (laughs) And then the White House said it's coming out of the bill, but not really officially. That's kind of how they communicate up there. The billionaire's tax had some really interesting provisions in terms of taxing folks on unrealized profits and and unrealized gains. And just the fact that you had an asset, they were going to mark you to market on every year. And if that wasn't a liquid asset, like like for most of the billionaires that were concerned, if it was real estate, if it was a a closely held business, maybe they were gonna let you wait and sell it and then have to pay maybe a deferral fee. That was also a provision in there, Mm -hmm. which basically could have brought that rate as high as 49%. So people like Elon Musk are feeling much better walking into, you know, this week. And uh, they're rightfully so. It's, it's So they don't have to take their companies where their basis is just about zero and pay a 20% capital gains tax on them over the next five years. Like I would said, I mean, there's many, many of the largest business owners are, are really happy about this going away.
3: Yeah. But it was interesting to note, too, that Elon took that Twitter poll on selling about 10% of his Tesla stock. Yeah. He said, I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, the Twitter voters uh, said, yes, yeah, so I'm going to do it. And here's the problem, Chris. I mean, I guess if they keep floating these types of proposals, I know Elon was trying to make a point here, but the end result could be a lot of people trying to unload a lot of stocks, and that could lead to even more market volatility. So you're hit on two front, taxes yeah, exactly. and then portfolios, right?
2: exactly I mean that th- that would have been one that could have caused a severe decline in the market capital gains rates being at the 43 percent at the top you know and they were touting that you know those type of things can cause a liquidity event which is not good for the markets but both of what I just mentioned, as for now, have been taken out entirely. It's pretty amazing.
3: So we're staying on top of all of those changes. And if you want Chris's latest report on some of the key tax changes that could be coming soon, depending on how this all shakes out toward the end of the year, again, just email us this weekend, chris at wealthradio.com, chris at wealthradio.com, or talk to our team members off the air and send us your email address. We'll deliver that to your inbox this weekend. 512-249-7300. 512-249-7300.
2: Jim, let, mm-hmm. me, let me point something out too, sure. real, real quick on that. The billionaire's tax was very interesting because it was going to uh, ignore any tax breaks you'd get under qualified opportunity zones. And a lot of investors out there, you know about 1031 exchanges. It was also going to ignore non grantor trust structures and, and tax them at higher rates so it was it was really kind of a punitive bill it was going to look through to tax uh, life insurance in many cases so yeah. so that's out there and and this is that element that Congress is willing to at least float these kind of ideas and so it's not something we need to worry about unfortunately right now but it's something that we should keep in the back of our minds
3: they have signaled what they'd like to do in the future even if it doesn't pass this year so if you think you could be affected by some of these moves we also invite you to schedule that one-on-one retirement and tax analysis with a team at REAP Financial. Here's the thing we might have bought some time here as they continue to wrangle over the details here, but set up that visit and let's talk about your personal situation and what you can do to protect what you've worked so hard for from higher taxes in the future. Just reach out to our team off the air today. It takes just a minute at 512 249 7300. Again, that's 512 249 7300. Well, as the clock winds down here on 2021, it might be time to get moving on certain financial to-do items. Baird's Tim Steffen shared a big one with Morningstar.
0: Well, the first thing I would tell you is make sure you take your RMD. Uh, like you said, they were off last year. They are back on. There's no expectation that they're going to be waived again for this year. So if you've been holding out time to face reality, you're going to have to take the distribution this year. And don't miss it because it's a 50% penalty if you don't take it out on what you should have taken. So it's a big penalty. Make sure you take it out.
3: Yeah, that is a huge penalty, Chris. But uh, any tips for those who still need to get to those RMDs this year?
2: That penalty is the largest penalty in the IRS code. Wow. That's how serious they are about (laughs) it. Because you've had all these dollars in your IRAs and 401ks for 20, 40 years, whatever the number is, and it's time to pay the piper in a lot of cases. Now, they did push out the required minimum distribution age to 72. And I will update our listeners that they are coming out with a new RMD, uh, life expectancy table into 2022. So that's going to change the amounts of percentages and the amount of RMD that needs to be taken. So you need to be looking at that very close with your financial advisor, your CPAs out there. And one more thing we're looking for this year is the possibility that they may start pushing the required distribution out all the way to age 75. Now it wouldn't happen overnight, but it would be staged. you know, next year, potentially uh, move it out to 73, then 74, then 75. So that's good news for a lot of our investors that are trying to do Roth conversions. And we've designed those conversion plans for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just buying you more time to get the money off the government plan, disinherit Uncle Sam. And that's what most of our successful families, they're looking to do.
3: And there are actually rules you can use to your advantage. It would be nice to have that extra time to uh, exploit those rules, Chris. But when you talk about disinheriting the IRS, I mean, it's just a matter of knowing which rules to follow and when to start implementing them. But planning for RMDs doesn't really start at 72, does it? It starts actually years in advance. It, it,
2: It better start years in advance. I'll tell you that much. I mean, a lot of our clients, they initially came in and they got a few years out and they're going... I don't have a money problem. Mm -hmm. I've got significant tax problems. And the type of families we consult, generally, that's the case. And this RMD is a thorn in your side. And it's something that can be mitigated. And the sooner you proactively identify how much you should convert, how much it's going to cost you to convert, and most importantly, how much you're going to save long-term, that's where it gets really fun to write those checks and, and get those taxes paid at historical lows. And, and Jen, I'll tell you right now, the, the update now that, that there's likely not going to be an increase in tax brackets in the next year, there's going to be a new tax bracket for the ultra-affluent, but not for the average American. Mm-hmm. It just, it puts more emphasis on why you got to be reviewing required distributions, and what those tax implications are going to be for you. And when it comes to December 31st deadline, one of the most powerful things you can do if you are charitably inclined, if you give to charities, typically the first dollars you should be giving are your required minimum distribution. Okay. Because that will shave the income off the bottom line of your return. It's not just a tax deduction for the charitable gift, you're actually getting the income off altogether. Nice. You can do up to $100,000 a year. So that's a key strategy for year-end here, Jen.
3: Yeah, a win-win for both you and the charity too. So if you'd like to go over some of these year-end moves, if you have questions about things like RMDs, let's set up a time to talk to Chris and the team at REAP Financial. You can do that during the break here. Again, just reach out at 512-249-7300 or email Chris directly anytime, chris at wealthradio.com. But next, why even the smartest investors investors sometimes fail to outperform the market. We'll talk about it next as Wealth Radio continues right here on News Radio
0: KLBJ. Connect with Chris at wealthradio.com or call 512-249-7300. That's 512-249-7300. Stay connected to Wealth Radio during the week at wealthradio.com.com.
2: I hope you're enjoying your weekend. This is Chris Taylorline. This is Wealth Radio. I encourage you to submit your questions in real time. Go to wealthradio.com. Click on the microphone button there on the homepage and submit those questions. And we'll uh, definitely address those in future week shows. And I also take an hour out of my week each week to address those questions and more. As always, Jen Perry joining me today. Jim, where are we heading?
3: Well, uh, we're going to talk about evaluating your portfolio performance. I know for a lot of us, Chris, we've talked about this before. You compare with your coworkers, your water cooler buddies, your friends, and see what their portfolios are doing, and then you say, well, mine's better. You're going to be bragging if it is, (laughs) and then you're not going to talk about it at all if you think you're lagging behind. But even the best fund managers in the world sometimes trail the market. Even Harvard University's endowment performance lagged more than seven points behind the S&P 500 in its latest fiscal year but that fund did still generate a return of more than 33%. Now, economics professor Dr. John Campbell explains on Harvard's website that their goal really is to reduce volatility in both their investments and their spending.
1: One very simple policy would be to spend the same fraction each year. The problem with that policy is that it would imply tremendous volatility in the dollar spending that comes into the budget each year. It would be pleasant, perhaps, on the upside if the endowment goes up by 25 percent to suddenly have all budgets increased by 25 percent in a single year. It would be far more painful on the downside when the endowment falls 25 percent to have to cut the budget that much in a single year. That would be simply catastrophic.
3: Interesting point there, Chris. But uh, are there any lessons here for us average investors from the smarties and how they do things at Harvard?
2: (laughs) Well, let's put it this way. You know, when you think about progress and wealth, wealth is measured generationally. We talk about it all the time on this program. And so if that's the case, results shouldn't be measured quarterly. And that's a trap that a lot of investors fall into. And some of the tools, some of the trades you can learn from the ultra affluent is they're focused on income in retirement. They're not just focused on growth. They want that money breaking a sweat and working for them. And I've said it in past weeks, but the way that you manage your wealth in good times, it truly dictates how you do in the bad times. And so when you think about outperforming the market, beating the market should be hard, okay? And the odds of success of beating the market should be low because if they weren't, everybody would do it. Mm -hmm. And if everybody did it, there would be no opportunity. So no one should be surprised that the majority of those that try to beat the market, Absolutely failed to do so. Yeah. And just a, a very recent example is if you go back to April of last year when COVID was exploding and the markets were in free fall, before we knew it, the markets started going vertical hmm. very quickly. Mm-hmm. And you know, during the worst news provided some of the best returns we've seen in quite possibly a lifetime. So when you think about timing the market and, and those type of things just be aware that the idea that the markets start moving well before things start to make sense. There's always a period after a crisis where people start to say, hey, I can't believe how high the market's going. This doesn't make sense. And then after that kind of passes, people are like, oh yeah, well, the economy was about to recover and the market was predicting maybe they were seeing that three to six months beforehand. And so, end of the day, you have to have a portfolio that is designed to weather anything that can come at you politically, economically, and socially. And this can be done. This is what the most successful investors do out there. But timing the market, I think, at the end of the day is a fool's errand.
3: Yeah, and uh, it's interesting, Chris. I heard that exact phrase from one of my friends recently. This market is tricky. I can't figure out what it's gonna do next. At the same time, he's one of those people that gets really disappointed if he's not at least coming close to what the market's giving. Have you had to try to temper expectations over these last several years because, you know, again, we've been in this period where it just seems like it has been mostly straight up.
2: Yeah. It's, it's never going to be the case. The the narrative that makes sense to you as intuitive to you also aligns with what the market's going to do next. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's never, it doesn't work like that. It never has. And unless you have a, a true crystal ball, it never will. And so the way that families out there Can sleep at night and rest assured at night is because they've already had the proactive conversations. They have a portfolio that's designed to make money potentially even when the market's going down. There are a lot of new tools and new strategies. You know, the story of retirement in the last 10 and 20 years has changed dramatically. We're in a stock market that is breaking records, seems like every single week. And the ones out there that were saying the market can't keep going up three years ago. Hopefully they stayed the course because there's been a tremendous amount of opportunity that would have otherwise been lost. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have to stay in front of things like inflation, like interest rates and design your portfolio accordingly in that given season to ensure that your long term success is never, never hampered.
3: Well, if you want a second opinion too on how you're currently invested, this market is getting a bit trickier, even though we're at these record highs. So if you'd like that second opinion from Chris and the team at Reap Financial, call to stress test it with us today. You can set up that time with our team off the air and our financial team right here in Austin will meet with you one-on-one with you, your spouse, give you a second opinion on how you're currently invested. They'll help you determine if you're on track to meet your current retirement goals. And if not, they'll suggest some ways they can help. But either way, there's no obligation for you just for listening this weekend. So just talk to our team off the air about that at 512-249-7300. Again, that's 512 512- Two four nine seven three zero zero. You brought up inflation. It's certainly been one of the hot topics on all the news channels for quite a while, Chris. There's a lot of talk
0: about inflation. Inflation.
1: Inflation. Inflation in particular. Inflation. Inflationary pressure.
3: Inflation runs hot. Inflation. Inflation. It comes up every five minutes or so when I'm checking out the financial <laughs> networks. But yep. the Fed did uh, recently talk about tapering and its plans to begin maybe scaling back its bond buying program this month due to concerns that those inflationary pressures could last longer than they initially expected. How does this affect those of us who are investing in the market uh, with things like bonds in our own portfolios? How do you see this playing out here over the next few months, Chris?
2: Jen, I think it's harder for people to to swallow The idea that they may have a bond fund that's supposed to be secure and stable. If that thing's down five or 6%, that's harder sometimes than you got a growth stock or a growth fund that's down six or 7% because Mm -hmm. you understand risk and reward. And, you know, as much as inflation is catching people by surprise, there are still a lot of investors out there that are really surprised that the safe haven and stability that bonds once brought are not really doing that in many cases. Hmm. And so this is why I just said it earlier. You have to bob and weave. I'm not saying you're timing the market. I'm not saying that you're making dramatic moves every quarter or every year. But we are walking into territories, this lower interest rate environment that hit rock bottom last year, this inflationary period that they're now acknowledging is not going to go away. These are areas that need... Conversations with your professionals and what is going on within your wealth. If it's not, then in many cases, you may miss some huge opportunity. You may have lost a lot when it comes to the greatest asset of all, and that's time. Mm-hmm. And so this is, again, why so many of our listeners tune into Wealth Radio. They subscribe to our wealth reports at wealthradio.com is because we're really, really tasked specifically for our clients to stay ahead of this for them. We act as our family CFO. And we want to present all the options available and what is likely going to change next, what trends are coming down. And this is the way that families have genuine confidence out there, even with a lot of the ambiguity that's in the markets right now.
3: But for someone out there listening today, Chris, and they haven't revisited their portfolio in a while, and maybe they take a peek at their statements every once in a while. Sometimes it's those bond funds that are dragging things down right now. But are there still some more conservative options maybe worth taking a look at in this inflationary time?
2: There absolutely is and that's the challenge is that there's the traditional things like banks and money markets cds when you factor you're paying tax on a lot of that money you're not making anything in Mm -hmm. many cases you may be losing money because it's too conservative in this environment so we have designed some strategies to give families better opportunity for yield while minimizing risk The thing about safe money right now is it comes with a big price tag, (laughs) whether it's locking up your money for five, 10 years and something, whether it's lower dividend rates. And again, Jen, I can't say it enough, but the last decade for safe and conservative investors, there has not been a more challenging time in our opinion, especially with inflation You know, at the five and 6% range likely heading into next year as well. Mm -hmm. So that being said, I think it's important that families stress test their portfolios. They take a look at what Opportunities, maybe things that they have not been presented in past years, because there are a lot of new strategies to offset, hedge against this low interest rate environment and the inflationary environment.
3: That's why we talk about really customizing that portfolio based on you individually. What are your retirement goals? What's your risk tolerance like? And if you haven't revisited your portfolio strategy in a while, this is the time to do it. So reach out to our team off the air if you want that second opinion this weekend, if you want to schedule a time to do that at 512. 249-7300 249 again that's 512-249-7300 or if you have a question about this again just go into our website wealthradio.com click on that microphone button right there in the middle of our homepage and submit your questions for Chris there and we just got one of those questions on the website this week from a guy who wants to retire early but how will he pay for it we'll address that question coming up next as wealth radio continues right after the news here on news radio KLBJ
0: The Wealth Radio team is standing by to take your calls. 512 249 7300. That's 512 249 7300. Or drop Chris an email. Chris at WealthRadio.com. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ.
2: Welcome to you back, Chris Herline here and Jen Perry, and glad that you're making us part of your weekends. It's really interesting as we hope and pray that we're coming into a new normal out of this pandemic. There is a lot more of you that are retiring. Early. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to dive into here, Jen.
3: Yeah, it's been actually kind of fun to hear all these people with their dreams and goals and realizing maybe over this last year and a half that the time is more important to them than the dollar figure saved for their retirement. And uh, we got an interesting question on the website this week about this, Chris, because we mentioned last week here on the show that 3 million Americans have actually retired early during the pandemic. And listener Mark submitted this question this week on the website. I'm
0: 55. My wife's 53. But we feel like we've done well enough with our retirement accounts in the last few years to consider retiring in the next year or two. We have an IRA, a couple of 401ks between us, some cash and savings, and a couple of rental units. But we're really trying to figure out how we start to pull some of that money out to live on without taking a big tax hit.
2: Any suggestions on where to start?
3: Good for them, Chris. But where should they start?
2: Awesome question. Yeah, and there's a lot of layers there. But let's start with this. A lot of families are retiring sooner. The first thing that we have to navigate typically is the healthcare gap. If you're retiring before 65, and a lot of you are considering it, Uh you've got to have a plan for healthcare because it's not cheap. In right. most cases. And we see on average somewhere between you know it could be sixteen to nineteen hundred dollars on average for families that are retiring before sixty five. That's for a married couple, obviously. But you gotta make sure that your portfolio can sustain an increase withdrawal rate as you're trying to bridge that gap. So that'd be first and foremost. But then to his point of how do I access money without getting crushed in penalties and fees and taxes. And this is why I've always said, it's so much easier to get money in these retirement accounts than it is to get it out. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a wonderful question in that, if you are retiring sooner, then let's say the average American, whether it's because you have rental income, you've got pensions, you've got some guaranteed streams that are going to be kind of the core foundation of maintaining your lifestyle, good for you. But then we got to look at the other dollars that we need working for us and to maintain that lifestyle. And so if you are retiring in your 50s, there's these magic ages when it comes to your IRAs, your 401ks your 457s and beyond. And so what a lot of people do is if you're let go from a company, or let's say that you retire on your own terms, most people, they consider rolling their 401k into an IRA. And I wanna be very clear, for those of you under 59 and a half out there, Mm -hmm. considering this, you need to be careful because if you were to take that 401k and roll it over into an IRA, this is true for your 403b, 457, if you make that transfer, and even if it's done correctly, and then you need that money before 59 and a half to live on, you'll generally get hit with a 59 and a half percent penalty, which is a 10% penalty. So if you're touching pre-tax IRA dollars before 59 and a half, you can't do that without penalty and taxes in most cases. Whereas in this case, if you were to leave it in the 401k, potentially the 457, those type of things, you can access it, you'll have to pay tax assuming you, you know, it's a traditional type of an account, but you would not have to pay that 10% penalty. So for okay. the, the that first magic age is 55, and then we get to that 59 and a half age, and that is where you're facing that penalty before 59 and a half, but once you hit that magic age of 59 and a half, you can pull money out of the IRAs without that 10% penalty. So in some cases, it may make sense for you to roll it over, especially Mm -hmm. if it's not something that you're gonna need to touch. But for more of our public and state and city employees that have, whether they're 403Bs or 457s, those work very similar to 401Ks in many cases, but there are some withdrawal provisions in some of those that are more favorable than a traditional IRA. So I would caution those people as well to look at the benefits of keeping it there and those that maybe don't need to keep it there. Mm.
3: So a a lot to consider here, Chris, but it does sound like you're hearing a lot more from these successful families, just as this gentleman here, you know, they're tallying up the totals in all of their retirement accounts, that rental income they bring in every single month. A lot of people though are figuring out, yeah, I think we can make this work, but it does take sometimes a complex strategy to get it done, doesn't it?
2: A little bit more so, because even to the caller's point there, You've also got the idea of, okay, well, I'm past 59 and a half, Chris. I can withdraw this money without a penalty, but what about the taxes? And so one of the approaches that we often suggest and advise is, hey, leverage this early days of retirement. These taxes are on sale right now. Do you have a plan as to how much those dollars you should be converting? Do you even have a withdrawal strategy? I cannot tell you how important a withdrawal strategy is to ensure that you're pulling from the right accounts in the right order Number one, to make sure you're not withdrawing an account too early that would otherwise give you flexibility in your tax brackets, but to also make sure you're not just pulling willy nilly meanie, miney mo, and overpaying in taxes that you don't need to be paying. So one of the most valuable things we do for successful clients is help them design an income plan, and that withdrawal strategy. And Jen, I, I can't tell you how many cases, but countless cases in my mind of if they would have gone at this alone very good chance they would have overpaid in taxes Mm -hmm. and so having that long-term approach looking at what the accounts are doing 10 and 20 years from now to identify which ones we should be pulling from a tax perspective and a longevity perspective I cannot stress how critically important that is.
3: And especially for you early retirees I love that this gentleman though at least was thinking ahead and thinking about that tax picture too so let's have a conversation if you're one of those thinking about maybe retiring early than you anticipated. Give us a call this weekend here on Wealth Radio. You can use us as a resource as you're helping to make some of these crucial decisions about your retirement at 512-249-7300. Just mention to our team off the air that you'd like to sign up for that complimentary retirement and tax analysis. 512-249-7300. And remember, you can submit a question too, just like that gentleman did right there on the website, wealthradio.com. Just click on that microphone button right there in the middle of our homepage. Chris, the Wall Street Journal recently mentioned a conundrum right now that large pension fund managers are facing that may apply to those of us who are trying to figure out this market ourselves. These pension funds right now are raking in record market gains and surplus tax revenues, yet these managers say they're having trouble figuring out how to reinvest those dollars. One fund manager admits that there are things happening right now that she's never, ever seen over the course of her career. And I think it does make all of us a little more wary about where we put our money, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, we're seeing more clients that have pension options consider lump sum or partial lump sums. And they're doing this for several reasons. Every carrier, every insurance company or employer that's offering pensions, their actuaries have had to retool a lot of things in the last few years because people are living longer in many cases, and interest rates are at all-time lows, bonds are suffering, and so it makes the job that these fund managers have to do even more difficult Mm -hmm. you're seeing a lot of employers sending you letters to buy out your pension in my opinion the pension decision can be one of the most important decisions of your lifetime because in many cases it's irrevocable and so identifying how much you're gonna get out of the system if you take a single life payout a joint life payout, a 10-year period is certain. And depending on your employer, there can be dozens of options. I mean, it's really something. Hmm. And that's part of a lot of what we do in our office for retirees is help them decide, should you take the full pension? Should you take spousal benefit on that survivorship? Should you defer it? Some employers allow you to do that. But I think there's an idea of being able to get Access to some of this money through maybe a partial lump sum or a full lump sum because a lot of people think if I turn on a pension And I get hit by the bus, me and my spouse, a few years in, in many cases, there's nothing left to the heirs. Right. And so you need to measure out how big your pension would be on a monthly or annual basis if you took that option, and then the survivorship option, and then the lump sum. Simple math would say, hey, look and see what your recoup period is. We have some clients where if they take the lump sum, they would have recouped that in three or four years. Chances are, in that case, they may have needed to just take the pension because, you know, again, we got a plan to live there's other cases Jen where it's 18 20 years till you break even and a lot of people go man that's a lot of risk right whereas I could get that money working for me growing for me like I said it's a very important decision and it's one that can have a lot of repercussions because if you take the lump sum you need to understand dear investor that in many cases now it's your responsibility to turn that into an income stream that in many cases is set for life. Hmm. And that's a lot of responsibility for a lot of people. Yeah,
3: you have to get this right. But I'm wondering, Chris, since uh, pension funds have kind of seen a turnaround in just these last few years, does that mean some of these lump sum offers are getting better, juicier for those who have this option?
2: I don't have the data to say that for sure, but what I will say is there is an uptrend of employers and even insurance companies making lump sum offers, and they're trying to do that to hedge the risk that they may face with increased medical advances in the healthcare side of things. I mean, Jen, they're growing body parts in Petri dishes right, as yes. we speak. Yeah. <laughs> We're seeing it with pensions. If you have long-term care insurance, a lot of the carriers are out there are just trying to price you out. Because in many cases, these actuaries underestimated longevity risk. They did not see historic low interest rates. And that's creating many challenges for these pension fund managers that have to invest in certain ways to protect the pension fund itself.
3: And so you, as the individual making this decision, you also have to evaluate those risks for yourself when you're getting one of these offers on the table. Mm -hmm. But use Chris and the team as a resource there at REAP Financial to help you get this decision right for you. And again, if you'd like to take advantage of that retirement and tax analysis, get a second opinion on that decision that you're about to make. Again, just reach out to us off the air, 512-249-7300, 512-249-7300, or email Chris directly, Chris at wealthradio.com, chris at wealthradio.com. But next, the cost of your Thanksgiving meal coming up later this month might cause a little indigestion. We'll give you the numbers coming up next as Wealth Radio continues right here on News Radio KLBJ. I don't mind coming here
0: Wasting all my time Already retired or getting close and have some questions? chris at wealthradio.com Wealth Radio, helping you aim higher and build a life of significance. Find more about Chris online at wealthradio.com. Now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio, KLBJ. All
2: right, we are back. This is Chris Herline and Jen Perry. Hard to believe we're already going into the holidays here, Jen. Yeah. And I will tell you. It's going to be a little bit more expensive i think this time around
3: oh for sure it sounds like it because uh we're all looking forward to the meal of course what is your favorite thing on the dinner table at thanksgiving chris
2: my father his recipe when it comes to stuffing (laughs) it always gets you yes you know you eat more than you should of it and uh, you know he's just got this recipe that has been in the family for two generations, and uh-huh. hopefully it'll live on. But yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. All
3: right. The, yeah, we're all looking forward to our favorite piece. But even the turkey this year is a lot more <laughs> pricey. CBS reports that Thanksgiving dinner will overall cost us at least 4 to 5% more this year compared to last year. And if you have special ingredients going in the stuffing or those kinds of things, you might be paying more, too. I think we can all handle that uptick, though, knowing that we're all going to get that favorite dish or that favorite dessert to come Thanksgiving Day But it does seem like a really significant increase when you compare costs year over year. So do you think this is an isolated issue on things like the turkey, the stuffing, the mac and cheese, the pies, whatever, due to the supply chain issues? Or do we need to prepare for more of this looking ahead into maybe 2022, Chris?
2: No, it's, it's not going anywhere, Jen. Unfortunately, at least into the mid to end part of 2022, we think inflation is here. It's still too early to determine or forecast if we're walking into a 1970s or 1980s era, but it, it is here. And when we look at meat and poultry and eggs and fish and those type of things, up over 10%. From 20, September 20 to September 2021, you have to over 10 percent. Salad dressing. What about seven and a quarter percent? Bankery products, three and a quarter percent. There's things that people can be doing right now if you're worried about these type of things, and I think most are, is first of all, just start early. okay? Start sure. your shopping now okay inflation is not going to go down likely before the end of the year if anything right. it could go up mm-hmm. and we've got supply chain issues so if you're expecting rising food cost and things are gonna be more expensive go ahead and start stocking up on this and you're starting early and you can stage it so if you're concerned about the cost you don't have to buy everything in one week you can start stocking up now stretch it out over multiple pay periods and that may make things a little bit easier also be looking for deals out there okay there will be stores that potentially will throw a one day or a one week type of thing maybe they get overstocked in something so be shopping out there be thrifty this thanksgiving and holiday season and then if you are hosting and you're going to have family or family and friends consider maybe sharing the cost more than you have in past years okay. i think more and more people understand why that may need to be the case Mm -hmm. and likely will be happy to share some of that cost and then also get creative there may be some things that are staples in your household at the table that if you're getting priced out of those things maybe this is the year to try some new things some new recipes and some areas that maybe are going to cost a little bit less but all in all I think even if we're on more of a budget this year Many Americans, we can still focus on the fact that we have our health, that we're able to get back together with our families and friends in ways that we haven't in the last year, year and a half and really focus on the things that matter, Jen. Yeah. Uh,
3: and I was just talking to a friend this morning, Chris, who they as a family decided that, hey, everybody got their shots and they all felt comfortable with traveling more this mm-hmm. year. So they're going to take a big family vacation instead. I think that's a great way to deal with I it because that. travel costs in some areas are going down right now. So again, to your point, look for the deals and and go get it,
2: right? Buy experiences yeah. and not stuff. Yeah. That's my motto.
3: I love that. But I'm wondering with the successful families that you work with, has Has this become really a pain point? Because I think a lot of our listeners are at the point where they're thinking, I could never spend all that money. At the same time, when you're making these day-to-day purchases, it does start to sting a little, doesn't it?
2: It does add up. And where I think I'm seeing it with the families we serve is they're seeing that their kids or maybe family that would normally fly into town, they're not doing that right now because maybe they can't afford to do it. We've got energy prices, uh, the cost of heating your home to host Thanksgiving, the cost of your family and friends to jump in the car and take a road trip in. Everything is exponentially more in just a short period of time so i think the sacrifice is not just in what's going to be on the dinner table but it's having a ripple effect across the areas i just mentioned and it's causing people to have to sacrifice more than hopefully they will have to in years to come but again i think this is just it boils down to hey identifying what we're going through making a few adjustments and i think we're going to come out of this stronger gen long term i really do
3: But with Thanksgiving around the corner, then followed by Christmas, (laughs) Chris, I mean, we're kind of running out of time, though, to make some adjustments to our portfolios or talk about a tax strategy. We are really closing in on year end. So the faster that you get started on some of the financial priorities this time of year, too, the more you can focus on family when that time comes. That's right. Yeah, that's
2: absolutely right, Jen. And that's a great point. A lot of the tax planning and the year end things that we're doing come Thanksgiving most of the time you're out of time it's not just wait until mid-december because a lot of the custodians a lot of the people you hold your accounts with they're not going to be available to process things holidays bring a lot fewer business days so just keep that in mind if if this is the year walking into 2022 that you're wanting to take control you don't wait till january 1 you make that call now you reach out now and let's strategize and collaborate on your behalf and again jen i think you're right we can set up into the holidays with even more of a genuine confidence that we're being proactive and taking charge walking into next year.
3: But we'll make it a priority this weekend. If you've been putting off some of those year-end financial to-dos, get on the calendar now at REAP Financial. You're going to hear our phone number in just a moment if you want to schedule that complimentary retirement and tax analysis with our team. And remember, too, you can reach out to Chris directly, chris at wealthradio.com, if you want our latest report on some of the expected tax changes, too, so you can get ahead of that. But use us as a resource. Again, we're always online for you, wealthradio.com. And, of course, we'll be back here with Chris next weekend for our... All the latest headlines and how that affects you financially, right here on News Radio KLBJ.
2: And, you know, again, tune in with us on KXAN News Channel 36. That's every Monday and Wednesday on News Channel 36 KXAN during the 6 p.m. news hour to stay on top of the latest there. Again, all the best.
0: an opinion on your retirement plan or is there a specific retirement question you need to address sign up now for a comprehensive retirement and tax analysis at reap financial let chris and the team help you work toward building a life of significance call 512-249-7300 512-249-7300 and remember to subscribe to the wealth report and chris's podcast at wealthradio.com that's wealthradio.com chris will be right back on news radio klbj
1: If you're retired or retiring soon, tune in to Wealth Radio every Saturday at 1 p.m. Sponsored by Reap Financial Group, LLC. Investment advisory services provided by Reap Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Opinions expressed in this broadcast are provided for information purposes only and may change without prior notice. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed in any way as an endorsement or inducement to invest or an offer to buy or sell any securities. The Sales Content should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor and tax professional should be consulted before making any investment decisions or implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The firm only transacts in states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advice has attained a particular level of skill or ability.